How you guys, and welcome back to another episode of The Green Machine, your home of Irish news debate in the good times and the bad times. Joined by David, uh, a little bit of, not breaking news, but some nice midweek news, some some good news for once, ha- having discussed a lot of shit things in the last couple of weeks. So Shamrock Rovers, Kevin Zeffi, 15 years of age, he's only going to turn 16 next week, er, or next month rather, He's got he's about to join Inter Milan, so... Following in the footsteps of Robbie Keane, Liam Brady, more more recent times Ryan Nolan. So exciting times for the young Shamrock Rovers man of Albanian descent. So David, what do we know about this guy? What were you doing when you were when you were 15 years of age? Uh, drinking in a park and running from the guards. <laughs> That's what we were doing. Um, yeah, he, he look, he's really talented. This lad. I mean, this deal sort of came about a few months ago. There was talk that they were looking at him. And obviously, then it came up last night that, uh, yeah, deal's almost complete. Dan McDonnell from The Independent came out with that. And then this morning, it was, yeah, it's done. Deal's done. He's on his way to Inter Milan. Um, Don't know a hell of a lot about him. He's still got a long way to go, Nick. But he's a hell of a talent. And he's at a a crossroads here. And obviously, going to Inter Milan could be a phenomenal step for him. And and hopefully the right direct uh, the right step for him. He does have a massive. I mean, he, basically he is. Obviously he's born in Ireland, but his family are Albanian. His parents are from Albania, and one mass advantage he does have um, that a lot of young players coming from Ireland don't have is the fact he's actually got family in the area. I was reading last night, and also I think his immediate family or members of his immediate family are actually going to move with him. Yeah. Uh, to Milan. So looks like both looks like looks like both his parents are going to go with him. So, I mean, we look at guys go over to the UK, and so I won't name the player, but a player that I'm family friends with. <laughs> he said, uh, he said, uh, as soon as a lot of English or a lot of Irish guys get over to the UK, he said he remembers the Scandinavian guys, and they go straight for the gym, they go straight for the healthy eating. A lot of the guys go to the pub and the bookies. So. Yeah. It's good that he's got his family over there with him, yeah. and and hopefully homesickness mightn't be mightn't be a yeah. massive issue. And uh, and also I think yeah they'll keep him grounded as well. Uh, they, they'll he will not be. I mean, that's always been a massive issue I've had. Uh, when when you see young players going over to English clubs, is that they do tend to sort of like the English way of life. It's very similar. I've lived here for ten years, Nick. Like it's 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 very similar to Irish. Probably a little bit more uh, welcoming in Ireland, so to speak. But it's very it's very similar. We're quite similar, you know. Like we like a pint and we like a bet and we like to do these things and and that can sometimes be a bit of a roadblock towards certain players and stop will stop those players getting onto the next level because you don't look after themselves and that's why you've got a lot of these lads, the so-called foreign players, that will come over. Um, their way of life is completely different. They like to they like to read. They like to sun themselves. Not. A lot of that going on over here, but you know, it's just that different sort of mentality. You know, they're they're happy with a coffee, or a, or a cappuccino. You know, reading the paper. That that where some of the Irish lads like to go to the local pub and get absolutely smashed. Yeah, it's very much a cultural thing, isn't yeah. it? It really is, and I don't. I, I think the continental lifestyle. I I enjoy it actually. When I when I go, um, when I go abroad, well, I haven't done that for a while. You know, I I, I much prefer it. It's a it's a lot more relaxed, and it's a lot better if you're certainly if you're looking to be a professional athlete. So I think this lad has every chance of making it. Now, obviously, we said that he is Albanian, Irish. Yeah. And we're a bit 
we're a bit concerned that we might have you were saying that, that we might have another little tug of war going on. Yeah, well well speaking to a couple of um Shamrock Rovers, I don't I don't have many Shamrock Rovers friends. I try not to. Oh, you're Bose. Um <laughs> I'm yeah, so being Bose, I try not to have Shamrock Rovers friends, but the couple of Shamrock Rovers friends I do have, they naturally they know a little bit about him. I mean there's there's been kind of arguments. It's funny because he, he's he's been playing for the second team in, in Rovers who who we all know play in the um, the first division. And there's been a lot of kind of little arguments that he shouldn't have been put in that position where he's playing senior men's football because it's it's not safe and and all this kind of thing. It would have been similar with Bowes playing Evan Ferguson yeah. in, in a couple of preseason matches. So all that aside, they think he's an absolutely smashing player. Now they all kind of keep an eye on him and and you know they you know yourself a League of Ireland clubs. There's a little bit the, the players are a little bit more accessible. There's a little bit more know-how compared to say Premier League players and this kind of thing. And one of my buddies said. Oh, he's he associates very strongly with Albania because we mentioned already both his parents are Albanian. He's been mm-hmm. brought up in an Albanian household, and now this buddy of mine likes his social media and would read into social media. So let's this friend I won't I won't name him because you know I don't, I don't like to name people without their permission. Yeah. But this this friend of mine um, follows United as well, like like myself. Uh, if he sees Paul Pogba liking. Uh, Varane's photo of him sitting on the beach with his wife, he'll say, oh, Varane's going to United. Pogba liked his photo. This kind of shite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this buddy of mine said, okay, he's like his um, his Instagram account, Zephy's, for ages was just the Albanian flag, no Irish flag. But in the last couple of weeks or whatever, last couple of months, he said that now there's an Irish flag and an Albanian flag. So he said... Is this a subtle indicator, you know, for them with down and cool with the kids in terms of how they communicate and all this kind of thing? Is this a little indicator that maybe he's leaning a little bit more towards Albania rather than Ireland? And look, spoke about this earlier ourselves, David, like Albania are 66th in the world. I mean, I know they went to Euro 2016, but that aside, could this, I mean, look, we can't get inside his head, but do you think this whole kind of cultural link, this affiliation, very strong affiliation with Albania, um, could end up being a little bit problematic for us over the next few years. He's still only 15, but he's progressing quickly. Yeah, I mean, it could be. We we don't know the lad personally. Um, the fact that he's moving with both parents um, to Milan, where there is also other family, so he's going to be surrounded uh, by, obviously, Albanian folks. Um, and Albania is also, you have to remember, Albania is very similar to Ireland. Yeah, you know, per- persecuted folks um, didn't really want to leave their country, but kind of had no option uh, to leave their country and were sort of persecuted because they were they were part of the old Yugoslavia, um, I believe. I'm oh, not sorry, they were a former Soviet um, republic, but they obviously you have ethnic Albanians in Kosovo and places like that, but they are persecuted, yeah. and they they are sort of nom- nomadic folks, not by choice so they're they're very similar to ireland i mean how many irish people do you see going to america over here you know that that have left because of no choice you know they either the famine or economic reasons or or whatever you know so there's a very similar um situation there so it kind of really depends on how he feels If if he looks at it from an emotional point of view and a patriotic point of view you know, nothing wrong with, you know, fair play. He's proud, if he's proud to be Albanian, nothing wrong with that, of course. You know, maybe 
he is also proud to be Irish. It could be problematic, I think, if he's going with his heart. But if he's going with his head, I reckon it would be from a career point of view. As bad as we are at the moment, and people are probably listening to this going, Jesus, like, you know, Albania probably better than us, or we're shite. Um, but Ireland, you have to remember, Ireland's in a state of flux at the moment. Like the association, there's players that are going to have to be kind of pushed out and, you know, retired and young lads are coming through. But I, once, I reckon once the COVID gets out of the way and it all settles down and Kenny's given a full run on it, we're going to be a very good side. We're going to be a very handy side in a couple yeah. of years' time. So I think from a from a, um, a rose-tinted or a green-tinted point of view, I'd imagine he'd want to play for Ireland because it's going to be better for him. Yeah, I, I think... There seems to be a good buzz kind of in those underage teams. It's funny because I've never seen an Ireland national team line up for the anthem with their hands on their heart. I actually remember in primary school when we used to learn our own being and they said, no, we don't stand with our hands on the heart. That's what the Americans do. But but anytime I've seen the 15s, the 16s, the 17s, um, they, all, they all blast out the anthem. Every single one of them sings it. You don't even see that at senior level. And they yeah. seem to play this really um, high-octane, uh, attractive style of football and there just seems to be a buzz around these underage teams and Zeki is part of that so look I can't speak for the Albanian FA or the Albanian underage teams as we mentioned they went to the last Euro so you know football morale will be pretty pretty high um, they've got a number of players playing in Syria I, I actually think we, we, we play them in the in the qualifiers for Euro 2004 and we, we drew it all with them so you know there's there's um I can't speak for them, but but hopefully Zeffi is buying into what we're seeing in terms of in terms of this buzz around the the youth setup and the fact that he's already in the setup uh, is hopefully advantageous uh, advantageous to us. Yeah, and, and I mean he's born here as he's born in Ireland as well. Yeah, um, and hopefully he's been treated well. I imagine he has. I mean the, the youth setup has looks really good yeah. at the moment. I think I think. Uh, God, I was, we, we were only talking about it. my interview that I did. I'm dropping names here, but an interview I did back with uh, Noel Mooney in Tbilisi, actually, in 2019. And he mentioned, because I hadn't listened to her for a while, and I'd forgotten this, that the FEI have reached gold standard in terms of grassroots. Yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I think as well the issue we've had, and people have to remember this, that we've had rock star managers and rock star wages, like Trapattoni, like... Um, Martin O'Neill and, and, and the Keane deal and obviously Mick McCarthy coming in for, for a cup of coffee you know yeah. you have to remember that for a very long time that the under 21s the conveyor belt has sort of been jammed before you know they've reached senior level they've sort of fallen off the ledge and they've kind of gone down in, into the low leagues of England because there's been no direct route into the senior side because then you have all these managers from all these different age groups the Irish age groups all playing the same style of football all exciting style of, styles of football attractive styles and then it gets to the senior team and it's long ball and it's a it's a manager that has it's completely disenfranchised and disconnected with yeah. the setup and now with Kenny that's what I'm saying to you about and, and to anyone listening this is what I'm saying about the flux. Is that now with Kenny coming in, this is why he needs time, or anyone would need time, because he's controlling the entire setup now, and he's overseeing that. And the idea is, is that every age group, including the men's senior, will play the same style of football. So 
it's looking good. It will be good. This is we're sort of like gutting the house at the moment, and we're kind of you walk in and go, oh my god, like there's a wheelbarrow here, the, the walls are falling apart. You know, it's it, it's very much in the early stages of that development, but eventually we will have a nice, pretty home. We just have to be patient with it, and I think a lot of these younger lads now coming through will see that, and hopefully that'll be attractive. But now, in saying that, we cannot downplay. You know, obviously, as he gets older and he discovers himself, you know, he's 15, 16. What did we know at 15? You know, I knew everything at 15, but I knew nothing at 15. You know, as he gets older, how will he feel more Albanian, more Irish? You know, will his club career be so good where he thinks, well, you know, playing for Ireland doesn't matter. I want to play for Albania. We don't know. And I think it's something that we need to keep an eye on. And it's not we can't just dismiss how he feels about Albania either so it is something we need to manage and not do a Jack Grealish on it with Martin Hill or, uh, or Declan Rice yeah. where we sort of just ah yeah like you know we need to nurture this lad and we need to make sure that he's on board because from what I've seen from what we've seen of him he looks like a real talent he's a long way to go and he needs to be lucky with injuries and he needs to keep his feet in the ground which he will with his family in Milan but I do think this lad is a proper talent yeah because you put up a clip of of him scoring, I think it looks like it's against Denmark. I'm not entirely sure who it's against, but um, but on on Lands End Road, yeah. and it's very messy esque. I mean, it's he's got that low center of gravity. He's got that technical ability. Oh yeah, uh, he he's exciting. And and look, if you're 15 and you're playing first team, well, it's a unique position. It's first team football for a second team. But if you're in that position at 15, you've got something. Because look, there's thousands of 15 year olds who are unbelievable and world not world class but have the potential to be world class yeah and only a couple of hundred of them will actually make the breakthrough but very few of them are, are playing senior football albeit in the first division of league of ireland yeah he he's clearly um he's a wonder kind or a bit of a prodigy about him but he needs to continue that development because we, we've seen lads go jesus this fellow was amazing and then you see like he's playing like league league 20 you know somewhere in in, in england and you're going jesus yeah. I, I really thought he'd do a lot better you know it, he's clearly got it he's got talent but he needs to continue that on and obviously from what he does here on out his work ethic his lifestyle choices are, are going to define the kind of player he is because he's got the ability natural as you say messy ask you can't teach that that's just natural what he did there and uh, yeah the fact that he's you know uh, some people disagree with it I, I i kind of i agree with it personally i don't know how you feel about it Nick, but i think if you're good enough you're old enough as long as you're not a toddler <laughs> you know, yeah like well i mean he scored he's, he scored against long for town in yeah. the first division and the thing is like it's like i mean as, as someone who who coaches and and he's played football i mean at the end of the day age they say age is just a number, but sometimes in sport, it can be just a number because it, a lot of it depends on your physical development. Like some some young lads develop a lot quicker than, than other young lads. I mean, look at Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney was playing Premier League football at 16. But then Norman if you Whiteside. look, yeah, but then if you, Norman Whiteside, exactly. But then you look at another 16 year old and, you know, he's scrawny as shit and, you know, he, he can barely lift uh, five kg dumbbells. Like, so it, it's it's kind of relative to different individuals. So, the fact that the fact that his coaches and like look, Steve McVale is the uh, director of football there, knows his shit, has completely transformed the club um, into a team that should be you know should be looking at I was going to say competing in Europe but at least qualifying for European competitions. They won the League of Ireland unbeaten, so McVale knows his stuff. He would not uh, that wouldn't wash with McVale if, if it wasn't safe or, or if it wasn't uh, doable or if it wasn't plausible. So. Yeah. 
I think I think that says a lot as well. But but certainly one for the future, and certainly one we'll we'll be keeping a, a huge eye on. And I mean the the Inter Milan Primavera. So Ryan Nolan was the captain of them, and you know they do have this this ability to nurture young talents. And even even if players don't make it through at Inter Milan, it is a gateway into other clubs because look, Milan aren't challenging for Champions League titles anymore. Uh, but but for the most part, their youth system. Um, them as a franchise, as a club, has a has a huge profile still. And look at Nolan. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, Nolan went to didn't he go to Serie C? Like there, there's that whole system in Italy where you know you can be loaned out to a third division club and you're still owned. It's very different there the way transfers work. And then he's he's ended up at Getafe, which is you know one of one of and the one of the one of the bigger smaller clubs in Spain, which is yeah. not a bad place to end up. And he was actually on the verge. He was on the cusp. Like you know, you could see that development. He was in the Segunda, yeah, um, side, and then all of a sudden, well, yeah, the the Getafe B side in the Segunda, and then all of a sudden he's, um, you know, he's kind of what well, he's appearing on the bench now. You know, he you could see that development he was getting there. So yeah, clearly like being a captain at the at the Inter Milan youth side. Well, like, didn't, didn't he bench? Didn't he bench in the Europa League for a game and a couple yeah. of league games as well? Yeah, so so, so, so shall. Yeah, yeah. Shows, shows kind of a shows an eagerness of them to actually promote that youth and and um, do you remember that program that was on Sky years ago? Was it Ireland or sorry, not Ireland? It was like Next Soccer Star or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. You know, and that was that was based in the Inter Milan Primavera where they basically had a lot of guys go for trials. I think an Irish guy, Connor Smith. I think he, he played for Watford's reserve. This is a random one, but Watford's reserves. Yeah, uh, I think I think Yeovil. I think he was with Wimbledon for a while. I mean, he won it. <laughs> He's Irish. He didn't last, but. No, you know, but but it shows that it shows that they are there to nurture Atala. But exactly, yeah, and no. and I think as well, um, this is this is the future now. I mean, I for years and years and years. I mean, going back to when I was a kid watching football in the eighties. Um, Jesus, show me age there. Um, <laughs> English football was always it for Irish, uh, for Irish youngsters. English football was where I was at. The, the League of Ireland was completely gone at that stage. Um, even if you go back to the 60s and 70s and 50s, when you read the, the books of Giles and Dunphy and all that, playing in England was, was it. You know, it was across the literally across the water, across the road. Um, similar culture, as we, we, we said earlier. Very similar culture. Irish people, it's easier for us to integrate into England than it is on the continent. But, but, excuse me, but now with Brexit and all that good stuff, it, it, I think now... Irish players are going to start going abroad and they're going to start going to the continent. And I tell you what, I think this is better. I think this is going to be so much better for Irish players because I think the the, the continental, as I said earlier, the continental lifestyle, structure and uh, that way of life, I really, really think that's going to be so much better for Irish players. They're going to learn a whole new style of football, continental style of football that we're, we're, we're trying to implement at senior level. And I just think it's going to be so much better. And they're not going to be encouraged to go out on the piss every night as they yeah. would be in England. And they're not going to be against... Because we're, 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 we're going through an identity change at the moment where if you, if you look at most Irish players, they only get into teams with a big gravelly voice manager like a Sean Dyche or, a, or a Alex Ray because, yeah, you're for me, you're a character. Like, you're, you're, a, you're a big tough fucker, you are. You know, like, I'll have some of that because Irish players are kind of, they're not really known for their, just to steal one from me, but don't feel not really known for their craft. They're known more for their guile and their toughness yeah. and, their, and their character. But we're going through an identity change now where we're going to get hopefully get more creative players and you look 
he wasn't he didn't come through the youth system he wasn't born in Ireland but Josh Cullen for example yeah. he's doing he's doing a business for Andelect on the continent and I think that's going to be a lot better for us in about 10-15 years time we're going to move away from the Premier League because that's been for development but I think a lot of Irish players will end up in the Premier League but will actually end up playing for the for the continental managers because that's where the Premier League's going it's, it's going to yeah. be Continental players, it has been for years and it will be for, for a while. Continental players, continental managers, and they're not going to touch Irish players unless they're coming through continental clubs because I think the likes of Sean Dyche, you'll always get one or two of the throwbacks, you always do, you know. But I, I think that's where the future is for Irish players. Go abroad, learn a different language, learn a bit of culture, you know, broaden that mind, you know, travel um, broadens the mind. Broaden that mind. And it's just going to be better for you as a person, better for you as, uh, for Irish football overall. That's just my take on it. But that I, I think, I think, yeah, I think everything is. I think it's better. It's it's no harm that they're not going to end up just going to England all the time. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean Danny McConnell as well in in the Independent kind of cited that as well. He said yeah. like there is an expectation um, amongst youth coaches in Ireland and amongst agents. Uh, even Stephen Carr, I think, is, is working with Zeppi in the moment and works with a number of other players. I know Ian Hart and uh, Stephen Hunter involved as well, kind of on the continent. So you could have that connection where, where, where players are kind of going abroad and where they're ending up in the Premier League rather than starting in the Premier League. So it's it's something that we'll definitely keep an yeah. eye on. And speaking of transfers and speaking of agents, um, David, so I mean, the last couple of weeks and We've been chatting about this recently. Actually, just really quickly, a little bit of breaking news there. So, Kieran uh, Clark has just signed a two-year extension with Newcastle United. Oh. So that's 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 great for him. Uh, delighted for him. I mean, look, yeah. he's had he's had a bad run of it, so it's great to see him extending his contract. So Steve Bruce is a big fan of him. So yeah, I mean, transfers the last couple of weeks, David. Um, look, the last couple of seasons we've seen an influx of Irish players coming back into the Premier League. I think we had our lowest ever number, I think, two seasons ago, and then quickly enough. We were seeing all these teenagers, the likes of, I think, Michael Obafemi kind of started the trend. And then Aaron Connolly, Troy Parrott, Adam Ida uh, kind of coming into Premier League teams. And then all of a sudden you have Sheffield United getting promoted, big influx of Irish players. But the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit disappointing on the, tra- on the transfer front. I mean, a lot of players, Richard Keogh actually securing a move to the Huddersfield yesterday. So moving from League One up to the Championship. But apart from that, it seems that a lot of players are, are, are dropping down the divisions. Connor Heron today joining, uh, well, it looks all but done that he's, he's joined Swansea from, from Aston Villa on loan. Yeah, it, it's a bit, dis- and this is that's what I'm saying, like when, you, when you're kind of, when you're chasing a dream in England, this kind of happens a lot, you know. Um, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. I mean, with Connor Herrahan, there was obviously, there was no takers. Um, well, actually, no, I'm not sure Villa would have allowed him because they're obviously in a relegation battle. Once you're at a Premier League club, the only way, once you're at a club anyway, unless you're going to another country, you're, you're never going to be in the in the equivalent um, of, you know, you're never gonna, going to be in the same uh, league as the club that you're at. So, unfortunately, if you're at an English club, you're always going to go downwards. And, I mean, Swansea, they're, they're second in the championship, um, you know, just behind Norwich City there. So, they're going well. It's a good side. So it's not bad for him, and I think it's actually his level right now. I mean, he had, we, we were saying it the other day, he had to leave. He had to get out of Villa. He, he played, yeah. I think, 89 minutes in, like, in total out of 15 games. Yeah. You know, he's a good... You, sorry. The, the thing is, sorry, sorry, Dave, sorry to interrupt there, but it's funny because I know a couple of Villa fans. My cousin, Paul, is a Villa fan, a colleague of mine, Derek, and texted me today, big, big Harrahan fan, Kenny... 
Eric Kenny, not Stephen Kenny, is a, is a Villa fan as well, and yep. um, just anyone I've spoken to Villa, Villa connected, and even a few tweets and a few things online I've seen, they're, they're all devastated to see him leave. Like they're 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 absolutely devastated. Um, and, and it is one of those things where we mentioned he needs game time. He, he's an international. He's an international starter. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he needs game time. But, but a lot of negative reaction from the Villa fans, which is, which is kind of nice to see from an Irish perspective. Yeah, I mean, he's a, listen, he's a good player. I mean, I, I had a massive row with Kenny um, on, on our own when we were doing our own podcast a while ago and I've written about him. I, I, you know, I like, I've never said... Like maybe with Hendrick and Arthur and kind of wonder why are these guys getting in, you know, like I've never said that about Harahan. It was just the fact that his game time, it was all about his game time and fair play. You know, I wrote in an article there. He's got to go knocking the door of the manager, Dean Smith. And he has. And actually, apparently Dean Smith didn't really want to let him go. And he was banging on the door for a while. Let me go. I need to play. And I think that's right. And I think that's really good for Ireland. This, this, I uh, I mean, it's ambitious. It's, it, it, it might be a step lower down the leagues, but that's ambitious. That's that's very ambitious from Harrahan. Because, yeah. you know, he's, 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 I think he's turning 30 soon enough. Yeah. And, I mean, he can't uh, he can't put the brakes on now. He really can't. No, he's not, for, not for himself. And never mind his international future, but even for himself as a player. I mean, he's he's been fairly, you know, I mean, his assists, uh, his assist stats, I think it was 22 goals and 29 assists. Like, that's outrageous. That's unbelievable. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good player. He he's also a very handy thing to have in international football. Is obviously dead ball situation as well. That's something we've lacked for a number of years. Actually, um, somewhere somebody decent with a free kick, um, you know, or a, or a good good cross through the ball as well. So he's when you have him playing, he's definitely worth having in the side. So I think this is good. I mean, it is ambitious. Obviously, I wrote as well. Josh Cullen, you know. Right, lads, I want to play first Ham. You don't want to play me. I'm going to go elsewhere. Yeah. And he went over to Belgium. And, you know, you still had Conor Harahan getting selected by Kenny, even though he hadn't played for six matches. Sorry, for six weeks. Or so. It was something ridiculous like that. And he still started the ne- in the next international window. And I thought, that's outrageous. And you have Josh Cullen can't get a look in. And he was he was starting to play for Anderlecht. But fair play to Conor. He's gone out. He's done it. He's, he's gone out of his comfort zone. And I think he's going to do well. And I think the top end of the championship is is a damn good place to be. And if he does get promoted with Swansea, hopefully, and maybe get a permanent move to Swansea and play in the Premier League with Swansea, I, I think that's good for him. Um, it yeah. just Dean Smith. The other, is, yeah, the other thing is like I mean, if there's more interest in Jack Grealish in the summer, which which no doubt there will be, depending on how Villa like if, see Villa could end up in in the European spots, and then Grealish might say, well, I'm a Villa fan, I'm I'm going to stick around for for European football, but. I mean, Douglas Louise as well is getting quite a bit of attention. So if Grealish or Louise leave and Harahan has a decent end to the season with Swansea, then who knows? I mean, yeah. you know, it could, could, could be a thing where he does play himself back in. Yeah, it could be. Um, but then I, 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 if I was Conor Harahan, I wouldn't. I'd be like, nah, because Dean Smith has never fully trusted him. He, yeah, he's yeah. always sort of done this with him, regardless, in the Premier League. He did it last season with him. He played him a lot in the Championship, and he was outstanding in the Championship, and I think he will be an absolute asset for uh, Swansea. But yeah. I don't think Dean Smith, for whatever reason, Dean Smith doesn't trust him. Maybe that's because, and maybe it might happen with Swansea, it's because he's the sort of player you feel, if you're Aston Villa, you're fighting for survival. You can't afford to have a Conor Harahan. You want somebody who's a bit, who's going to put himself around uh, a bit around a bit more put himself out a bit more um, and that's not against Conor Harahan at all that's you know that's a style of 
footballer he is. He probably thinks he's a bit too lightweight for a team fighting relegation. I don't know, but he's never seemed to trust. He's never really seemed to trust Connor for whatever reason. And yeah, I, I think if I was him, I just I, I wouldn't be listening if the manager said, "Oh, I'll try and play a bit more." I, I just be like, "Nah, sorry, Gaffer, I, I need to get out of here because you you sort of burnt you burnt me before, you know." And then. Yeah. Especially when Vi- especially when Villa are ticking as well. I mean, they're playing some some beautiful football. Like they're yeah. they're they've you know they've it's it's a complete transformation from last season. And you know why change something that that isn't broken? Yeah. I mean, he he in his last I think his last start um, before I think he went about six weeks without playing. It was the because he had two periods or six games or something. Like that. He had a massive period where he did not play, and it was he it was during the first window of not playing for Villa. He w- actually started for Villa in a 3-1 win against uh, Fulham, where he actually scored and got an assist. And he substituted him and then got Ross Barkley. And then that was it. (laughs) He didn't even have a bad game. He actually played really well and he couldn't get in. I mean, what does that say to you? You know, what, 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 what the manager is clearly saying to you, yeah, you're great, but, you know, as soon as I see a prettier girl walking down the street, you know, my head's turned. Yeah. Sorry. So yeah, he needs. To, I think he needs to get out of there and for his own sake and for Ireland, because obviously Stephen Kenny rates him. And for Ireland, it's just better he's playing regularly, either in the top end of the Championship or in the Premier League. But he has to be playing regularly. For sure. And some other, some other guys that wanted out. I suppose Connor Masterson joining um joining Mark Travers on loan at, at Swindon Town, which was. A little bit disappointing to to say the least, I feel, because you know, Master Simple a little bit of a run towards the end of last season for for QPR. Danny Crowley, I don't know if we can still claim him, but uh, dropping down to Hull City on loan from Birmingham City, Zach Albazetti as well, Lincoln City flying really high, and he's after dropping down to League Two with Bolton. And then a couple of permanent moves, uh, Warren O'Hara, um, a guy who I really thought, like I would have watched him at, at Bowes, would have seen him live plenty of times, joining MK Dons from Brighton and I, I'd imagine a lot of that was to do with Richard Keogh going to Huddersfield and Simon Power, another guy who I've seen play for the for the Ireland under 21s um again had really high hopes for that guy just a real flary type of winger and just just the kind of player that we're missing at the moment joining Harrogate Town in League Two from Norwich City yeah so yeah it's it's and and the likes of O'Hara you know getting that Premier League move the likes of Power. I think Norwich were just kind of vying for promotion when he joined uh, from Cabin Seeley. And I mean, looking at these guys dropping down the division, it's, it's just become a team of this transfer window. It's a couple of what I mean, look, he, he doesn't doesn't play for us anymore, but Stephen Quinn going to, going to Mansfield from Burton. So uh, there's very few players who've actually moved up a division. They've all moved down at least one. Tyreek Wright, actually, that's a decent move. Tyreek Wright going from Aston Villa to Walsall. But yeah, they're all moving down as opposed to up. I think Joe's the only one who's moved up. So... A little bit disappointing. Yeah, Kyo, 34-year-old. I don't think he's really gonna. I don't think he's gonna feature. Unfortunately, yeah, it is disappointing. I mean, Zach Albuzetti. Um, I, funny enough, thought when he went to uh, Lincoln initially, I thought that was a step. I thought, oh god, you know, he's punching. He's punching a bit downwards. I thought, you know, they're they're not good enough for him. And now they're flying. Hasn't had a look in this season. And all of a sudden, he now finds himself in League Two, and he is in. Joined the team who are currently 17th in the league. Bolton, not really going anywhere. Financial troubles. Lucky to be still going as a club. Um, yeah, so for sure. Not, real, real fall from grace for, for them. It is. You know, it's very it's very sad that is. Um, 
you know, I mean, it was the other one as well. There was um, the other uh, lads. Well, there was O'Hara. Well, in terms of the permanent moves, there was O'Hara going to um, going to Brighton. Uh, Simon Perra going to Harrogate. Uh, William Hondermack as well. Again, th- this is a loan deal from Norwich. Really highly rated player from, um, I think he's from Drogheda. He's definitely signed from Drogheda United. Um, so yeah, in terms of the in terms of the other loan players who I've just after <laughs> just after closing it down, I have my my cheat sheet in Masterson. front of me. Masterson, and, and, and Travers, I suppose both ended up with Swindon yeah. now. Sorry, that's who I wanted to talk about. Masterson, very disappointing for him. Um, I mean, QPR are currently in twentieth position and they are four points um, above safety, and Rotherham are down there and they've actually got a game. In hand yeah. on QPR, so I mean, I could understand the QPR were absolutely smashing at the moment. I mean, um, and he also signed a contract. Yeah, that's right. Season. Yeah, and he he was actually featuring a lot last season as well. And I thought, yeah, he's going to kick on from there, and he just hasn't. And now he's gone to Swindon. It seems to be a bit of an Irish contingency building up a Swindon and uh, League One. And I mean, to be fair with Swindon, they are. Um, I'm trying to find them in the league table. Are they League Two, Swindon? Swindon, um, Swindon are League One as far as I know. I think they won. I think they won League Two oh, last sorry. year. Yeah, they um, are League One. My apologies. Yeah, they are second from bottom. Yeah, uh, Swindon Town, and yeah, it's a bit of a dogfight. Maybe you might teach him something, I suppose, but that's not great for Conor Masterson. I thought now this season he'd be actually pushing his way into Kenny's plans, perhaps. But he hasn't, and it's very disappointing. I don't know what's gone on there because he's just been on the bench. Yeah, I mean, if, if I just very, throw some... very, very highly rated by Jurgen Klopp when he was at Liverpool. Yeah, I, I mean, just yeah, I heard a lot of big things about him, and and he kept going on that you know this is the best thing now, and the fact that he went to QPR. I remember at the time we announced it actually on the page, um, a couple of years ago. We were thinking, yeah, this is good, you know, a, a decent, a well-known championship side, like decent sort of mid-table, like. He, at the time, they, they can kind of push on a little bit. And, I mean, this season alone, he has um, basically... I'm just looking here. He's played, I think, 190 minutes, 60 yeah. minutes. Um, sorry, he's played two lots of 90 minutes for QPR then in a row. And it's just like on bench, on bench. 30 minutes against, yeah. uh, uh, against Fulham there in the FA Cup. It hasn't worked out from... He needs to find something... And unfortunately, when you're in England, I mean, I'm not sure if any offers came in and the the same would be for uh, some of the other lads there as well. Same with Harahan is that you're never going to play the same level that you were at if you're if you stay within England, because they, they're not going to want you to come up and score against them, you know, to, to, to sort of like get one over on them. So it's very, yeah. very you know, you're always going to go down. And this is the problem, and it's just very worrying now, especially with El Bozzetti. He was really highly rated, Masterson, highly rated by Klopp. For whatever reason, it just didn't work out for him. We thought he'd found his feet, he'd found his place, or he landed on his feet at QPR, and then for whatever reason, it's just not working out there again. So I don't know if there's something else going on or or, or, or what is happening there, but I'm, I'm very, very disappointed with Conor Masterson at the moment. Yeah, because, I mean, I keep an eye on a few fan pages from other clubs, and the QPR fans seem to really like Masterson because there was a clip, one of his first games, I think it was his first start for QPR last season, and I can't, can't remember exactly who it was against, 
Yeah. But they were showing him playing it out from the back and his pass percentage from hitting long balls. Now, look, we're trying to move away from long balls with Ireland, but his pass percentage was absolutely through the roof. Like he was just whipping, whipping diagonal balls all over yeah. the pitch, finding his man, like his, his range of vision was, was unbelievable. And again, even we spoke about this whole idea of, you know, not loaning players out to, out to teams within your league. And I know Power, Simon Power particularly was a guy I was disappointed to see drop down permanently. But I mean, he went to Holland. Um, mm. You know, the likes of El Buzetti, you could imagine him maybe going to maybe going to a club abroad. Well, well, England is technically abroad, but going to a going to a club maybe in Holland or maybe in Austria or Belgium, like like um, Josh Cullen. So, yeah, it's 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 a shame, and it certainly hasn't been. Um, you know, it, it doesn't look like there's any moves in the pipeline apart from Zeffi. Um, but any exciting moves in the pipeline where a player is going to move up a division or, or anything like that? I know, um, I know, there's been whispers about Jason Knight, uh, but but apart from that, like it doesn't look like that'll materialise either because he's, you know, he's definitely going to stay with with Derby from here on in. But uh, yeah, yeah they, they won't they won't sell him in the middle of a, a relegation battle. I'd imagine Derby. He's, you know, he's captain now as well. Yeah, I, I think they probably. I think what's happened there is, I mean, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve, but clearly they've given him the captaincy to maybe ward off any suitors. I mean, they are currently, um, they are sitting in 21st position in the championship right now. And they are, oh, Rotherham, they are two points above Rotherham and Rotherham have two games in hand. On yeah, they're, in, they're in trouble. They're in big trouble. They're in a very precarious position. So they clearly don't want to lose this guy. He is... He is their best player, so they've given him captaincy, obviously, to suit him. I mean, I'm not saying he, he isn't captaincy material, don't get me wrong. I mean, he, he seems like a fantastic, a great character, fantastic, but uh, a fantastic player. And he impressed when he was drafted in at the last minute to the Irish side. He was he didn't put a foot wrong, I don't think, for, for us. So this guy is has amazing, has a huge future, but once these started sniffing about... I, in my my opinion, anyway, I think Derby just went. Look, we'll put the captaincy on him, and we'll we'll sort of lavish the, you know, we'll, we'll turn it up a notch and just keep him here, yeah. and you know, just try and stay in the championship. And then he will probably, I, I I could see him at the end of the season going to the Premier League or going to an equivalent. Anyway, definitely. Yeah, he's certainly gathering plenty of interest. Anyway, so that's all we we'll probably leave it there for tonight, David. And um, you know, as always, keep the keep the suggestions coming. Um, if there's anything you'd like us to discuss, please let us know. If there's any transfer rumours or transfer news you'd like us to discuss, let us know. And in the meantime, take care and we'll talk to you on the next show.